money, 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 money. And welcome into the latest edition of the Winning Ways Gaming Podcast. I'm David Schuster, joined by my longtime friend and very successful professional gambler, Andy Roth. And we're brought to you, as always, by DraftKings. And the first Sunday of the NFL season is here. And the excitement continues with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. DraftKings is giving all new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Bet just $1 on any football game this weekend and receive $200 in free bets instantly, no matter what. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new customers $200 in free bets instantly when they bet at least $1 in any football game. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any week one game. That's promo code THPN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly. It's this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, that number is 1-800-9-WITH-IT. And Andy, Week one in the NFL is upon us, and we'll get to our key picks along with some thoughts on some college football as well. But we begin with baseball, and your genius from a few weeks ago could pay off big time, and I'll let you talk a little bit about that. Go ahead. All right. Last week, I had recommended Wanda Franco for Rookie of the Year at 40-1. to He's remained on a tear, and that line is now down to 4-1, to 5-1 to area. There's actually still some value there. I think the race is between Franco and and his teammate, Randy Rosarena. Okay, um, let's talk about, again, we're going to get to college football, we'll get to uh, the NFL, even some NBA team odds in just a second here, and that's pretty uh, interesting in itself. But I want to continue on with baseball just for a second. And again, futures is really what your forte is. And I want to talk about some of the other awards. The National League MVP, Fernando Tatis, I know I think in your mind, maybe it's not as a lock as it was maybe a month ago or six weeks ago, ever since coming back from his injury, but he's still on the board, the betting favorite at minus 280. But other guys, as you will tell us here, Andy, they're making a push here into this final month of the season. Yes, Tatis is the betting favorite anywhere between minus 250 and 300, but there's no value there. But this race is still up for grabs. If a guy like Bryce Harper can have a big September and the Phillies win the division, He's viable, but the real value is Austin Riley of the Braves, who you can get as high as 40 to 50 to 1. He's been had a breakout season offensively, but also been a big glove at third base. If the Braves can win that division and Riley has a big September, he can win this award. All right. Now, again, you have cashed in. I, I love that term, cashing in. But you have cashed in on stuff like what you just made mention in years past. Give us some examples where someone came out of the woodworks with long odds going into the final four or six weeks of the season of any any professional sports and has cashed a big ticket for you. Give us some examples if you have any. Well, it may happen this year. I've, I've struck late on Jason DeGrom when he was 12 to 1 maybe in late July. Uh, but a week ago, I played Max Scherzer at 17 to 1. Now 
He's the second favorite over the Cy Young at plus 250. I also, when he had his last outing during the game, I played him again at 10-1. to 1, So there's a long shot that could come through late. Okay, it's really interesting. And honestly, I mean, who is the favorite right now in, in the Cy in the National League? Because right now, I mean, every time I look at Scherzer, and again, he had eight shutout innings with, I don't know, 10, 12, 14 strikeouts the other night. I mean, ever since he's, you know, started for the Dodgers, he's been like unbelievable. Who, yeah, Bueller's, Bueller's still the betting favorite, but he got knocked around in his last outing against the Giants, giving up six runs in three innings. You mentioned Scherzer, and he's seven, the Dodgers are seven and oh in his starts with a 1.05 ERA. They have him as the second favorite. I have him as the favorite. You know, it's really amazing. I mean, you know, if you're a wise gambler, of which you are, and I think you put money on this, like, as you mentioned back when, you know, I don't know how many weeks ago, 17 to 1 for a guy who's already won a couple of size. How could you not bet something like that? Well, he was still on the outside looking in, but I knew as well as he was pitching, you know, he could make a run for this. And actually, I initially played him in early March at 25, rather early May at 25 to 1. When you bet him, you know, if he if he changes teams, does it make a difference? Does he have to like when you bet him twenty five to one, he was a national, now he's a Dodger. It doesn't make a difference what team he's on when he wins the award, right? No, it, when it comes to the Cy Young, that doesn't matter. The, uh, unless you switch leagues, obviously. Now I know it's been tougher for an MVP candidate to switch teams and win. I believe that's only happened once. Okay, well, I mean, it just makes so much sense uh, for Scherzer. First of all, he went from I mean, Washington's been a dud this year, obviously. You know, the Dodgers were always going to be a playoff team. They still might win their division. They're still the overall odds-on favorite, even if they're a wild-card team to win the whole thing because of their constitution of their roster. I mean, it just picked him up like no tomorrow. If you're a wise person, like you are, you had to see that in advance, that just just the change of scenery and the change of roster that he's joining and the chance to win a ring of which he won one in Washington already would elevate him. Yeah, it's my belief his focus went up to another level now that he was in the middle of the pennant race. All right, let's talk about a few of the other uh, awards in baseball. American League MVP, again, uh, Otani's going to win this one. Uh, you know, I hate this. I hate the MVP award in baseball. I understand it is what it is. It's, it's a player of the year award. It's not a most valuable player award because I don't think any team that doesn't even get into the playoffs should have an MVP on it. That's just my opinion. So it's a player of the year award. We'll just leave it at that. He's minus 5,000. I don't know if I've ever seen anybody that much of a lock to win an award as I've seen Otani here. Yep, yeah, uh, that's about as big a lock as you can get. When you get late in the year and an award seems obvious, you'll, you'll see a line like that. You know, and help me out here, Andy, again, if we're not talking about player of the year, which he is, obviously, I mean, he's he's player of the decade already. I mean, some of the other guys, if you wanted to have it just strictly an MVP for teams that are going to make the postseason, I mean, the guys that are behind him, Vlad Guerrero, Marcus Semyon, Jose Abreu isn't even on the board that I can find, honestly. And, and he's, you know, he's an RBI machine. He reminds me so much of Tony Perez from the Big Red Machine back in the day. Why is he not even on the board for an MVP candidate? Because he really isn't in the conversation and the narrative means so much. You've had basically Otani and Guerrero. And on the fringe, you could consider guys like Matt Olson or a Rafael Devers or even uh, a Simeon. Okay. American League Cy Young. This one just got, you know, 
tossed around in, in the in the rinse cycle in the washing machine as of yesterday because of you well you tell what happened with Garrett Cole. Yeah, he left with a tight hamstring in the third inning. Robbie Ray at the time was plus 300 to win the Cy Young, the second favorite. Now he's down to about 120. There really isn't a play here at this point. You just got to see how it plays out with Garrett Cole and his hamstring. I will say that Ray has to face the Rays twice, and that's a daunting task with their offense. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's really interesting because uh, the White Sox, um, who are running away and hiding in their division, of course, they have two candidates, you know, for the side, and they've been there all year, although I don't – maybe once upon a time Lance Lynn was at the top of the totem pole. I'm not really sure. Um, unfortunately, he's on the injured list, and, and, you know, even before he went on the injured list, he started, you know, leaking oil, as I like to call it. You know, his fastball wasn't, uh, you know, at the velocity it was earlier in the season. He was throwing a lot of pitches. He's on the IL right now. Carlos Rodon, as we speak, and we're recording this uh, late on Wednesday afternoon, he's on the IL, but he likely will come off to, to face the Red Sox this weekend. Could either one of these two guys for the local audience here in Chicago, could they make a run at this thing still? Uh, Rodon has missed too much time. And probably the missed time by Lynn hurts him. Plus, even when he was the favorite, that was more because he led the league in ERA. But the analytics really didn't support his candidacy as much. Okay. Um, I don't know how much, you know, uh, you've looked into this. But we've talked about this previous. The managers of the year in both leagues. I mean, these are the best races overall, I think, as far as not only winning the award, but, you know, putting money on them to win the award. What are your thoughts on either the American League or National League? I, I take a look in the American League, and Tony Larusa, I think, is still the, at the top of the totem pole, odds-on favorite, and yet I don't think he he wins the award. At least, you know, maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm too close to the forest to see the trees on this one, but I just don't see that happening. Uh, either do I. With the kind of season the Rays have had, we'll end up with the best record in the league. No Tyler Glass now. This is Kevin Cash's award. You know, and Dusty Baker should be considered, at least in the conversation as well. I mean, all the stuff that was going on with the Astros and getting booed out of every city that they started in, yet they're going to win that division again. They might not win the whole thing, which unfortunately has been, you know, Baker's, uh, you know, uh, downfall over his career. But I think he's got to be included in the conversation as well. Sure. And um, in the National League, I think we've got to look at, at Gabe Kapler. Whether they win the division or not, they're on their a pace for almost 100 games. The surprise team of the season, maybe second place for me, would be Brian Snicker of the Braves. They, they lost Soroka and Acuna. Big losses for them, and they still may take the division. And, and let's not you know keep him out of the conversation as well. Craig Consul in Milwaukee. I know the division overall is not good. They're running away and hiding nonetheless. He is the dean of managers. Believe it or not, Andy, he's the dean of managers in baseball right now. Um, so, I mean, he's got to at least be included in the conversation, I guess. He might get some support, but with that pitching staff that he has, um, you know, he just may not get as much credit. Okay. Before we get to, you know, again, it's week one of the NFL uh, it's basically week two of college football. We want to talk about that in just a second, but I just want to briefly touch about pro basketball. <laughs> and and we just did another podcast here on on the network here, and uh, we talked to uh, um, uh, we talked to Ian Eagle about uh, the Lakers and the Nets already being the odds-on favorites for the upcoming season. It, it, it's almost like the you know the odds makers want to have the Lakers and the Nets play this cup coming weekend for the NBA championship. 
you know, about nine or 10 months early. They're both at three to one favorites. The two teams that were in the NBA championship series, Andy, Milwaukee's at nine and one. Phoenix is at 14 to one. They're almost like afterthoughts because they're just putting so much credence on the two veteran teams, one on each coast. Well, let's face it. If Brooklyn was healthy last year, they beat Milwaukee in that second round series. And with the additions they've made, they're probably stronger this season. But but betting on a championship or a conference before the season, unless you're getting incredible value, I don't do that for the exact same reason what happened last year, injuries. I like to look maybe before the playoffs start, knowing I have a healthy team I'm investing in and knowing the route they have to take to get to the finals. I know it's way early, and I wouldn't put a cent on anybody, and I agree with you. What what, what it's almost like betting a horse that, you know, that is a one to five favorite. What are you going to get? 220 for a winning price? I mean, it's ridiculous. Is there any team in the NBA right now that you would consider, at least even as of right now? I said Milwaukee 9 to 1, Golden State's 10 to 1, but, you know, Clay Thompson's not going to play until halfway through the season. Phoenix at 14 to 1. Hey, listen, they've gotten extremely better and better each year. Um, and Philly at 16 to one, but who knows what's going to go on with Ben Simmons. Is there any dark horse team at a price right now that you would consider putting at least a little bit of money on? How about the team that made it to the Eastern conference finals last season, the young Atlanta Hawks. Again, if I want to make a small investment, it's one where it's low risk, high reward. So maybe someone like Atlanta, but that would be just for the fun of it. Okay, now you've done this for a long, long time. So a lot of these questions on my part are of naivety. I admit it. Can you bet uh, teams to win conference or even divisions? Yeah, you can definitely bet conferences. You can bet divisions. You can even do parlays on divisions. For example, if you pick three different teams to win a division, each team has to come in for you to win that parlay. And of course, they also have over-unders on team victories that they set prior to the season. Let's just say in Chicago, you know, they might set it at like 38 or 39 in, in an 82-game schedule. So you can bet over-unders on specific teams as well. Correct. That's something I'm not big on. I'd rather be able to make a small risk with a high reward where I get a price back. And I'm not big on playing the over where injuries can derail you. Okay, fair enough. All right, so that's the NBA. Listen, much, 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 much more on the NBA as we get closer. The season is still, I mean, training camp doesn't open for about three weeks. The season about another six weeks away, give or take. But obviously, let's talk about the NFL. It is week one. Uh, the BS uh, preseason is now thankfully in the rearview mirror, and now it's for real. So let's take a look at some of the games, and I know a lot of people, including myself, have been licking our chops waiting for the NFL season to start. And I've got about three or four games circled, so let me start first. And the first game, again, we're recording this late on Wednesday. The first game is probably before even some people even hear this, um, is on Thursday night. It opens with, of course, as always, the defending champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home against Dallas. Dallas on the road getting eight points, okay? Now, what I've learned over all the years is that in the opening week, and I can't explain it, maybe you can, opening week, road teams getting points usually more often than not cover. So I'm going to go against that, and I'm going to say Tampa Bay is going to come out like a house on fire. Dallas has got problems already. Dak Prescott, I have no idea what kind of physical condition he's in. So 
Yeah, I don't like starting the game down eight points, but I think Tampa Bay covers in the opening game, celebrating their championship. And I'll second the notion on Tampa Bay. They've got the nucleus of the championship team back, and most importantly, the offensive line. For Dallas, this is uh, Zach Prescott taking his first snap in 11 months. They've lost their best offensive lineman to COVID. I thought they'd have trouble scoring against the Tampa Bay defense before that. So I like uh, the Buccaneers laying the points. Okay, a couple others that I have here, and then we'll get to what you have as well. Buffalo is minus six and a half. I believe they're at home, if I'm not mistaken. Correct me if I'm wrong. But they're a six and a half point favorite against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is annually a very good team. Buffalo, though, I think has uh, surpassed Pittsburgh as far as uh, a team on the rise. Uh, Buffalo very easily could be in the AFC championship game. And this is about eight months in advance or seven months in advance of that. But I like Buffalo laying the six and a half, and I think they cover that game. All right. The second game I'm focused on, Ravens at the Raiders. And keep in mind, last year there was real no real home field advantage. This for the Raiders is the first time they'll have a packed stadium in their new stadium. Uh, Baltimore had a key injury a couple of weeks ago, losing J.K. Dommens. I'll take the Raiders plus the four and a half points. Okay, just a couple more that I have circled before we get to college football. Green Bay on the road down in New Orleans in the Mercedes Dome. Uh, Green Bay is laying four points. Normally that doesn't sound like a good bet. However, Aaron Rodgers has got a lot to still prove to the NFL, but Henley is playing without uh, Drew Brees. It's going to be a new era down in New Orleans. I like Green Bay to cover the four points on the road. All right, my final game, Browns in Kansas City to play the Chiefs. Cleveland getting six and a half. I think the line's too high. I'll go with the Browns. All right, fair enough. I, I don't know what the over-under is in that game. It's probably about 68 or 69 points. I'm going to guess that's what it is. All right, two more that I have and talking about over-unders, Jacksonville and Houston. Now, these are probably the two teams that will have the worst records when the season is all over. Um, and in Houston right now, uh, you know, it's not even playing Deshaun Watson. Jacksonville, of course, will be playing uh, their rookie quarterback. Um, I'm going to bet the over on that game. It's 44 and a half. Something just tells me it's going to be a sloppy game, but it's going to be a high scoring game. And the final one I have, because I got to at least pick up my hometown team. And normally I never pick the Bears, but they're getting seven and a half on the road. This is one of those instances, like I said at the beginning, road teams getting points opening weekend on the road invariably cover. So if I'm getting more than a touchdown, even though I think the Rams still win the game, I'm going to take the Bears getting the seven and a half on Sunday night. Now, listen, they might fall on their face like they have so many times on national TV. And, you know, I might be covering my face watching the game, but I think they're still going to cover nonetheless. And by the way, you talked about over-under totals. How many victories for the Bears this season? Well, I'm picking them. I think the over-under is seven and a half. I'm picking them under. I think they, you know, and everybody's got to remember, and I actually throw this on my Facebook page the other day, you know, what, what do you project the Bears' final record? And a lot of them had eight and eight, and I think a lot of people forgot it's now a 17-game season, by the way. Um, so, yeah, I think they're go seven and ten when it's all said. How many wins do your Jets get? Uh, my Jets, I'll go with five. How's that? Okay. Does that, yeah. does, does that cover the number? Uh, that's close to the number. And by the way, to bet a season total, it has to be off by two games. So your prediction of seven makes that seven and a half a no play. Explain that to, to me and the audience. It's talking about getting value in the line. 
So if they set a season total, for example, at nine to play under, you have to think that team only wins seven games to play over. You've got to project them for 11. So if it's at nine and they win eight and you bet the under, you don't win? No, you shouldn't play it. Oh, you shouldn't play it. Because so it's you not, have to, it's, you you're have not to getting value in the line. Okay. Okay. Unless you bet a ton of money, right? No, it's all about whether you think you're getting value in the betting line itself. Okay. Well, listen, I'm an it's where It's where you think that team will exceed – or fall below expectations, but but not barely. Okay. All right. Again, I'm the amateur. You're the pro. All right. Just a couple of games in college football real quickly. Um, uh, and I'm going to always, you know, uh, talk about the teams that I know best in the Midwest. I'm sure you, you, you can talk about Syracuse and Rutgers. All right. You don't want to talk about that? I'll deal with this one. So here we go. Oregon on the road at the big uh, horseshoe at Ohio State. Uh, Oregon is getting 14 and a half points. Listen, Oregon is a rated team. Ohio State uh, didn't look particularly great in their opening win against Minnesota. I think Oregon getting 14 and a half on the road at Ohio State. I think that's an excellent pick. So I got Oregon covering that spread. I also like the over in that game. I think it's going to be a track meet. The over under is 63 and a half. Notre Dame at home. Then I'm going to go against what I just said. Um, Notre Dame at home, although they're not playing Oregon, they're playing Toledo. Now, teams from the uh, Mid-American Conference sometimes jump up like Northern Illinois. They won on the road. I can't remember who they beat last week, but they beat somebody big uh, on the road last week. But I don't think Toledo is going to uh, give much uh, of a fight to Notre Dame. Notre Dame is laying 16 and a half points. I like the Irish in that game. And finally, Nebraska and, and their coach, Scott Frost. And boy, has he been frosted by the media and the fans there. They probably want to hit, dump him already. But I think they cover this one. They're facing Buffalo at home. I got Nebraska minus 13 and a half against Buffalo. And Andy, I am making that. Not only am I picking Nebraska, but we're supposed to pick our best picks. That is my best pick. Nebraska, 13 and a half at home, covering against Buffalo. What is your best bet of all the things that we talked about here? You can go back to baseball if you want. Uh, take a shot at Austin Riley. Put up ten dollars, win five hundred. Put up a hundred, win five thousand. Okay, you put up the hundred for me, and I'll collect the five thousand, <laughs> and I'll split it with you. How does that? I already played Austin Riley today. Okay. By the way, where where do you just you know we're not going to tell everybody where you live, but do you have choices where you know you're in the New York metropolitan area? Uh, are you able? I mean, t- help me out with the betting laws in New York, New Jersey, whatever in your neck of the woods. Well, we're not legal in New York yet, where I am, but. We are legal in Jersey, so I actually have to travel to Jersey to place my wagers. But there's about 10 or 11 apps on my phone, so I have plenty of different choices, and I'm able to shop for the best line. And what the heck is wrong with the great state of New York that they don't have legalized sports betting yet? What's holding that up? You'll have to ask the former governor. Oh, well, he's he's derailed it the most. But I I think we'll see it in January. It doesn't, you know, help, you know, again. I'm no expert on this, I admit it. But if it brings in revenue to the state, much like, you know, medicinal marijuana and recreational marijuana, if it brings money into the states, and a lot of these states, and Illinois was leading the way in states that were hard up for money and revenue, it just makes sense to to tap into that, doesn't it? 
It does, but unfortunately, we're lacking a lot of common sense in this country. Well, that that's an understatement. We could do an hour on that topic alone. All right, Andy, until next week, and hopefully, are, are you keeping tabs on all these? Because if, if any of these things that I said don't work, I'm erasing this. No, I, I'm, I'm not a vindictive person. <laughs> that's right, because you're not putting up money on any of my picks. You're doing it on your own. Right. All right. All right, until next time, folks, Andy Roth, David Schuster, we hope uh, some of our suggestions uh, pan out for you, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Take care, everybody.